my friends. I'm super excited for this week's podcast. I have Bailey Seaton on and I found her just kind of through a roundabout way of mutual friends. She lives in Omaha too and I was just so excited and I've been following her page for a while because you know she was a fellow health person and I just I love it all. So she's a holistic health coach and she is really awesome when it comes to just helping you reduce inflammation and heal your relationship with food. Um, And so we go into that a lot in this podcast. We talk about practical things in terms of different foods that are supportive for your body that help rebuild it, as well as like practical tips on just what it's like around the table, how to have a healthy mindset around the table, how to look at food with a new perspective in terms of just vitamins and minerals and nutrient density instead of calories and calorie restriction and macros and different things like that. So I really hope this is just a freeing podcast for you to listen to and hopefully get some practical tips just when it comes to nutrition for you and mindset, but also kind of diving into just those things that hold you back in terms of what your mindset is around food and the ways that you've always seen it or the ways that you've struggled with it. I'm really just praying that this is just a refreshing podcast that you can listen to and feel so much freedom with and empowered to go out and go to the grocery store and pick something up that you know is going to just be healthy and supportive for your body and going to make you feel good and that there's no fear tied to it. So she is honestly just so great and so encouraging and so life-giving and I just had such a blast with her. I could talk about her all day long. So I hope that it is fun and encouraging for you to listen to. And if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out. I put both Bailey and I's information in the episode show notes. So everything that we kind of discuss or anything else will be in the episode show notes. So make sure to check that out. Good piece of sourdough bread. Like I would do anything for it. Add more flavor. Actually take care of my body and give it the calories it wants and needs instead of restricting. This food is going to nourish my body and I'm so grateful. Not letting yourself get to the point where like controls your life. How can you make it for the better? I'm so grateful. Like there's Mm -hmm. no guilt. There's no anxiety. There's no stress about what I just ate because it was good and it's doing my body good. Okay, hello everyone, and thanks so much for coming, Bailey. Welcome. Thank you. You're the best. I'm so excited that you're here. We actually just met, and we just talked for probably the last hour, and it was a blast. I feel like you're already my BFF, and I'm super pumped about it. So, really excited to have her on, um, and would just love to start off with your story and kind of like how you got into health and what that looked like for you and yeah what's what started this whole passion and journey with health yeah so um I grew up throughout high school and junior high playing sports and then um, my senior year of high school I started having chronic back pain and so it was started kind of in my feet and then worked its way up to my back so went to the doctor and went in thinking it was a foot issue and then he came back saying all right well I think we should schedule surgery Mm -hmm. and of course my dad is like all right I think we probably need a second opinion on this and so um we left there and I was just like really shocked like I had no idea that that was what was going on really but I knew my back was causing me some issues and so um but from the x-ray 
found out I had fractures in my L4, L5 vertebrae and a bulging mm-hmm. disc. And so that kind of changed like how I moved my body then. Um, I got through high school, I was in pain, but then when I got to college, it elevated, I noticed. And I started going, I went to a spine center in Omaha to get some second opinions, did some back injections and none of them worked. So I went mm-hmm. through two series of back injections, um, steroid injections to try to help yeah, just with the pain that I was having and found really no relief from them. So that was obviously frustrating, but I was also in college and so I was eating cafeteria food. I was started drinking um, and really just was not treating my body in a way that like I should have been. Um, and so then when I moved out of that situation, kind of COVID hit 2020, I moved home and I started eating healthier and I started moving my body and overall just started to feel better. After that moved in then with some friends and so that was would have been my junior year of college and I kind of did a total flip. So I was didn't really know much about health and nutrition and then I got really into it almost to an extreme. Well, it wasn't extreme. Like I would refuse to have carbs, refuse to have any sort of fat, um, would never have obviously like pasta or breads. Um, and I would also work out for about an hour and a half a day. And so I developed a really unhealthy relationship with both food and movement. Um, and I also like craved having control over what I was eating. Mm -hmm. Like I remember there were times when I would go home and my mom would make something that she would have like made me in the past. And I would just be like so upset that I couldn't make it myself Mm -hmm. because I wanted the control of knowing like exactly how much fat was in this or exactly how many calories were in, you know, my food. Like there was a point where I tracked my food or my calories for probably two years, like consistently, because my goal was solely to lose weight because I felt like crap. And so I was like, okay, I want to lose weight. I think that'll help. And it did help, but it was, like I had said, it was an extreme. And so, um, yeah, I like could look at an apple and be like, okay, I know that's 90 calories because it's a medium apple. Mm-hmm. Like who knows that? Like that's bizarre. <laughs> I relate. I relate. Like it's bizarre to know that or be yeah. like, oh, that handful of peanuts you have. Yeah, that's probably 180 calories. Mm-hmm. Like I can still recite these things right. because it's so like ingrained in my mind, but it was so unhealthy. And mm-hmm. so- Really the past like year and a half after I got married and then moved in to live with my husband, I've really been like on this journey of health and finding the balance between like being healthy but not restrictive and and I guess I should go back to and like I've healed my chronic pain like throughout wow. this whole journey. Wow. And I totally credit that to my diet. Not right. physical activity so much, but like my diet, how it changed to eat more anti-inflammatory foods. Mm-hmm. Take care of my body and give it the calories it wants and needs instead of restricting. It truly changed how I physically feel. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And it's crazy because you wouldn't think that nutrition and diet would help a back issue mm-hmm. or like back pain. Like, that connection, I feel like, can be so foreign to even me. Even when you were saying that, I'm just thinking, holy crap, like, it is true. The foods that we eat, because our body, everything affects everything. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the foods that we eat, if they're going to be inflammatory, it's going to inflame the whole body. Because if there's one organ that's suffering, all suffer together. Mm -hmm. So, what was it like for you then going from eating just a really inflammatory diet to trying to eat healthier, but it wasn't obviously like nourishing and it wasn't enough and it was to an extreme 
to now I'm assuming eating like intuitively Mm -hmm. and honoring your body and eating foods you enjoy and enough of like kind of share about that shift Mm -hmm. through each kind of phase you had yeah and I was eating foods that were highly processed I've known for I mean throughout high school I was really aware of what I was eating and it wasn't always you know the most healthy like I've always had that in my mindset like don't like how I physically look, I should eat less. Like that was always what my mindset was. Well, eat less, you'll look how you want to look. And so then when I started eating really bad foods, I noticed like I gained 30 pounds in college, which was not something I was expecting to happen. And it's because of the foods I was eating. And that also was really hard on my mindset because it was like, well, then I did eat more food. I didn't try to eat no food. I ate too much food and I gained weight. So it's like, well, how in the world do you find like a healthy balance between the both? Like, right. And so as I've started eating more, yeah, like intuitively, like you'd said, it was honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like it was really stressful for me because you're eating more food than you Mm -hmm. think you need. You know, if you've been on like a highly restrictive diet, you start eating more food and that can feel kind of weird. Um, But you're also eating foods that are not highly processed so they don't contain like those inflammatory oils they aren't processed like in a package or a bag and those foods typically are less nutrient dense right right than like a home-cooked meal would be right so I think the biggest thing for me was to just start cooking food at home Hmm. because I've noticed throughout like all those periods like when I was in high school my mom would cook a majority of our food as I went to college the cafeteria cooked and then when I could finally cook for myself like I could be a little bit more selective on like what products I use, and I could also get creative with cooking and not just think like, well, if I want to eat healthy, I need to have a bag of steamed broccoli and some carrots and hummus. Right. Like that's healthy, yes, but it's also not free. Like you don't feel, no, it's not fun. And it's not freeing to eat those foods. It's like, okay, well, I'm, in the beginning, I had to force myself to eat foods I wasn't usually comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Like now I eat Brussels sprouts, which is like such a bizarre fact, but like I would have never even touched them like right. until this past year because I like forced myself to eat foods that were out of my comfort zone. Right. Even, yeah, because I think we just think like eating healthy has to be boring and has to be done a certain way, but you can actually find a lot of freedom in cooking healthier or nutrient dense foods is what I like to call them yes. and still have fun with it. You're so right. And okay, so I have two questions as I'm listening First is, can you define, just like for listeners, everybody defines food in different categories. So like for someone, a quote unquote bad food could be pasta when there's nothing wrong with whole grain or just like pasta, Mm -hmm. you know, but for other people, it would be like a highly processed meal or whatever. So can you define like, you know, whether it be seed oils or all the Mm -hmm. things kind of under that inflammatory umbrella and then in terms of like what is healthy and nourishing for your body in what that looks like under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get to the second question after. I yeah. won't bombard you. Yeah. So um, I follow, like you said, the anti-inflammatory diet. And I also want to say diet is not as in like restrictive diet. I think we think diet culture, like that's you have good. to restrict. But diet as in like what you eat every day. Right. Like that's how I identify your diet. And so inflammatory would be like a canola, so it would be seed oil. So canola, soybean, vegetable oil. So those oils are highly processed um, and they go through just, yeah, their whole process. They add bleach to the solution, you know, all of these factors that make it harmful for your body. Um, And then under that would also be alcohol or drugs. And then you'd get to 
the processed foods in general. So most things you'd find in a bag or a box just because they're made with a lot of white sugar or high fructose corn syrup is a big one too. You're going to notice and especially if you go like shopping in America, you'll notice almost every food either has like canola, soybean or high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. And that is deemed inflammatory just because your body doesn't react well to those foods. Right. But then the anti-inflammatory ways of eating would be like you said, like whole grains. Sourdough bread honestly is a really good carb for you. Um, And like I was saying before, like I would deem bread as like a bad food. But no, like they're breads that can be really good for you. Um, Same with like fruits and vegetables, free game. Like I've, this always frustrates me, but I see some people like, well, you shouldn't have fruits because they're high in sugar. Mm. Like I'd be like, why not eat as much fruit as you want? Like, it's better than eating a whole box of donuts that have, you know, all of these ingredients in them that are are harmful. But anyway, so fruits and vegetables, and then you get into, like, the kidney beans, um, lentils, brown rice. You know, like, there's a list of almost anything that's not made in a factory is going to be, like, fair game. There you go. You know? Honestly, to, like, simplify it, like, not made in a factory, fair game. Yes, I actually, that is a great statement. We should put that on a t-shirt. I agree. I feel like it can be so complicated Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't have to be. But so for you, when you were switching, what did it look like for you to make those foods, whether it's mac and cheese or some kind of really good dessert or whatever that you used to have that maybe had all of those inflammatory ingredients and was just packaged or, you know, And then shifting to making your own food and kind of making copycats, really, but with just better ingredients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, throughout my whole journey, I feel like I went through a lot. So there's just like a lot that I'm like, okay, I didn't say that. But um, I went through, well, I figured out that I have a lactose intolerance, so allergic to any dairy products. So I had to already kind of get a little bit picky about the foods I was eating because you'll notice like fake cheeses don't contain much better ingredients but um or like alternative milks things like that so Mm -hmm. it really came down to me just paying attention to the quality of my food over anything so like if I look at a package of something that's processed if it has more than four ingredients and for sure if it has something in it that like I have no idea what that is I'll either research what that is and be like okay this is great I'm gonna you know make whatever with it Or I'll be like, okay, like, let's look for another option. So it was really when I started cooking more foods on my own, I did that. But I also just simplified the meal too. That's good. So like if I was making a pasta with a sauce, I would have broccoli, which is a really nutrient-dense vegetable, as the base. And then I would put my noodles on top, Mm. like a red lentil pasta or a chickpea pasta. And then I would make my own sauce. Love that. So, you know, like, like I literally, like, will throw a handful of ingredients into a blender and then just whip it up and it's a sauce. Like love that. Like people have to also realize like it doesn't really have to be fancy. Like yeah. I have a recipe guide that I give to people, but I also am like honest honestly, almost all of the recipes in there, I had to go back and be like, okay, what did I exactly use? Because I mm-hmm. throw. Like I just yeah. dump things in. Like you have things in your fridge, work more about preserving, you know, fruits and vegetables or using what you have before you buy more and just yeah. like for a sauce throw it into a blender <laughs> like right it sounds kind of ridiculous but it really is and can be that simple like yeah it doesn't have to be perfect right but it's just being aware of the food that you're eating I think is the biggest part yeah for sure and I think Pinterest too you mm-hmm. know like googling healthy mac and cheese or whatever that may be and then just going for it mm-hmm. and there's just so many options for how to 
simplify and to make different and better options that are more nourishing and nutrient dense for your body and they're like everywhere and then kind of to your point too I used to look at labels solely because I was thinking how low in a calorie is Mm -hmm. it and what are the carbs and what's the fat I didn't care about protein I was just like worried about the fat and the carbs and it did not matter what was in it as long as I knew it was low in all of those things Mm -hmm. And, you know, come to find out I'm having chronic health issues while looking at my diet, no wonder. You know, it's like learning to really value ingredients and how I'm building my body than a number on a scale, a number on a macro chart Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, I love that you mentioned that too because I was actually just shopping with my mom and I was like, she's like, well, teach me how to read a food label like a health coach. I'm like, all right. So we look at the (laughs) label and she goes immediately like, okay, calories, okay, carbs. And I'm like, whoa, like I never look at calories. Truthfully, I never look at calories. I used to obsess over them and then I was like, nope, not looking at them anymore because they truly don't matter if you know it's a quality product. So true. And so I'm like, nope, we don't look at calories. We don't look at carbs because truly I'm like, I don't know what carbs on a, like the back of a package, like how many nutrition classes have I had, but I still am confused by carbs. Yeah. So why are we obsessing over them? You know? So instead I'm like, okay, let's look to added sugars. Zero grams added sugar. That's perfect. That's a great item. And then from there you go to protein count okay, yeah, there's eight grams of protein in this. That's awesome. And then you look at ingredients. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I look at added sugar, protein count, and ingredients. Like those are the three things I look at. I don't even think about calories. Right. Because if you're picking up a product and all of those three areas are good, like eat it. Totally. And I mean, I think it's really hard because now companies have gotten so good with lingo of, oh, it's gluten-free. Oh, it's high in protein. Oh, this is organic. You know, just because it has these really... I don't know what you would say, but like encouraging or impressive labels mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the in, the product itself is quality. And so like you were saying, looking at those ingredients and saying, if I don't know or if I can't even read that ingredient, probably isn't mm-hmm. awesome for my body, probably isn't going to build me up and make me feel great. If there's an inflammatory or oil, peanut, corn, soybean, safflower, you mm-hmm. name it, it's probably going to be inflammatory for my body. If there's so many ingredients it's gonna take me 10 minutes to read probably not the best option right you know right so and there's no shame in it it's just like you learn and I just remember for the first time learning about labels and looking through my pantry and being like holy moly no shame but this is actually encouraging because now I can go and be empowered Mm -hmm. to pick better options so yeah and companies too it's like on the front of the package will be like natural flavors but then you like go on the back and it's like natural and artificially sweetened or flavored or I think um yeah like you were saying with the ingredients they'll put organic before everything like organic canola oil okay but it's still canola oil like I don't really give a poop if it's right yeah organic or not because it's still the same product yes Totally. You know? And it's like just not getting tricked by some of those. Yeah. But I think definitely like if you're confused by anything, just research what's in your food. Right. Like look at a product and we were talking about this before. Like if there's a word I don't pronounce on a package, I will Google search it. Yeah. And if I find something that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I agree that I want that in my food, 
I won't buy it. But right. I now know a new fact about this ingredient. Yes. And that translates into a lot. Because you'll notice there's a lot of ingredients that are used in the exact same, like, span of products. Right. In the grocery store, too. Right. No, that's a really good point. And I think just remembering that it doesn't have to be something that's crippling. Or if you go out to eat and there's canola oil mm-hmm. in your meal. Or if there is a situation where you're at a friend's house and there's a product that you might not typically eat it's okay. Mm -hmm. Like you're okay. Your body is so resilient. And if you can spend the 80% of your life at home, not at home, but you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. doing your best in your own home, in your own time, whatever, on your own days, doing what you can. And then the 20% where you're out with friends and you're enjoying life and you're doing all the things Mm -hmm. and it may not be perfect. It's okay. Yeah. Like balance is so important. But just knowing, man, what's going to build my body to be the best that it can be is so, mm-hmm. so empowering. Yeah, I feel absolutely. Like. Yeah, and that's the thing too is the reason why like I am more picky at home and the ingredients I use is because I want to be able to go out to eat and not have to really think twice about like what's in my food, you right, know? Right, And also like because stress is linked then to inflammation. So it's yep. like if you're stressing yourself out over foods that are supposed to be anti-inflammatory, but then you're stressed by these foods, then that's in return causing inflammation. Totally. So it's like you have to, yeah, and it is, it's really tough to find that balance and to be Mm -hmm. okay with it. But that's a very good point. Like the 80, 20, you know, or just like being in tune with what your body wants. And if you're hungry, eat, if it's craving something, go get it. Otherwise you're going to maybe binge something else that you, yes, would have just benefited from eating what you were craving, right? Right. Can you actually talk about blood sugar and kind of the importance of blood sugar and, you know, is being hungry 30 minutes after a meal telling you that, oh man, maybe A, it wasn't the most balanced for my blood sugar or I just didn't eat enough. Can you kind of go into that? Yeah. So I think the biggest time that I notice or you will probably notice that your blood sugar levels are a little skew is in the morning. So a lot of clients will come to me and they'll have, oh, I just do, I'm not hungry in the morning. I just have coffee and then I'll eat lunch. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, okay, your body's probably reacting differently to that coffee because that's the first spike is, the first thing you're putting in your body is caffeine. All right, that caffeine is going to spike your blood sugar levels and then you're probably going to be moody. Mm -hmm. You're going to be fatigued. You're not just... Like, you're just not going to have energy to move throughout your day and have sustainable energy until lunch, for sure. So the best way you can do that is to eat something in the morning, like breakfast, I'm a huge advocate for, and then have your caffeine or your coffee or matcha, whatever it is. Um, But like you were saying with the meal, so if you're hungry 30 minutes after you have eaten, it could either be because of that or also because you were actually craving something else and you didn't allow Mm. yourself to eat that. That's good. You know, so like if you, I don't know, even like if you were eating a really healthy meal and you had really good carbs and vegetables and fruit, you're like, all right, I'm not going to have dessert or whatever. But you're like, okay, I truly know I want dessert. You know, it's like, well, maybe wait the 30 minutes, but then if you're still hungry, like it's okay to eat. Right. That's Like good. just not like letting your body, like forcing your body to feel a way that it doesn't. Like, That's so if good. If your body's baby. hungry, then eat. Yes. You know, and if you have like the mind-body connection to know my mind is telling, Mm. or my stomach is telling my mind that I'm hungry, right? Those hunger cues or signals, it's like then honor them. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. And I mean, 
there are so many stipulations of like, oh, it could be this or it could be this or it could be X, Y, or Z as to why you're hungry. But I truly think if you are having a well-balanced plate Mm -hmm. and you are fueling your body with the things that you know is good for it, like... I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm starving for Oreos and I'm going to go eat a bunch of Oreos because that's what my body wants. Well, that may be what my body's hungry for, but it's actually telling me something Mm -hmm. about what I'm lacking. It's not truly craving the Oreo because my body's very smart. It knows that that would be inflammatory, but why am I not actually eating enough like true raw food sugar in my diet? Am I not, not having fruits? Am I not... Mm -hmm. having enough enjoyment in my plate and so that's a really good point and what would you say like when you build your plate what are kind of like your important maybe stones that you put in first and then kind of like fill in with yeah so when I look at building a plate I focus a lot on vegetables and fruit so half my plate will be some sort of fruit and vegetable Mm. and then I'll do a fourth of my plate will be protein so making sure you're having enough protein is big especially for women I think a lot of times we're like well men need protein they're working hard you know well we do we do too like honestly our body benefits so much from protein and so like a fourth of my plate will be protein and then I'll have some sort of carb and sometimes it's like a higher protein carb like chickpea or red lentil pasta or like a piece of sourdough you know, just like allowing yourself to have everything. Yes. And also cooking like your vegetables. I went through a phase where it's like, well, I'm just going to steam them because then I'm not using any oils. (laughs) Okay. Well now I'm like, honey, you need some oil. So like really healthy fats. And so I use like an olive oil or a ghee to do, to saute my vegetables. Right. So I'm getting a good fat. I'm getting nutrients from my vegetables and fruit. And then I'm getting carbs, which is Truly for me, that's like my prize is like a piece of sourdough bread. Like I would do anything for it. So that's something I always have. And then protein, of course, just like I had said before, like we just need protein in our diet. Love that. Can you talk a little bit about different fats, protein, carb ideas, kinds of fats? I know you already touched on too, but just kind of giving those like tangible practical things of like, oh, I can look for this in the store and know Mm -hmm. that, okay, this is probably a better option. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked about the seed oils in the beginning. And so what I do with clients is we transition into having those healthier fats. So oils are fats. That's why I call them fats. But that would be like your olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, ghee, or like a natural butter, like a butter that has nothing in it, but cream, you know, Mm -hmm. like in salt. Um, And then a good fat would be turkey. Salmon has good omega-3 fats in it. It's also a good um, protein source. It's a fattier protein, but the fats in salmon or any type of fish really are really benefiting your body. Um, Red meat. So like I think a lot of people when they go shopping, they probably look at the percentage of meat compared to the percentage of fat. So like with turkey, you can get 99% lean turkey. That's a great option. With beef, we do like a 96% lean beef like ground beef chicken is good chicken tenders that white meat is going to be really lean um and then carbs so like your brown rices um 
I've mentioned sourdough multiple times and then or like a whole grain bread would be some really good carbs and then fruits and vegetables are carbs as well but they're kind of a different category in my mind like they're a nutrient dense carb Mm -hmm. like they are coming from the earth they're being grown they're being like they're fresh if you put them in your fridge they're not going to sit there for months and be fine like so that's kind of a whole nother area but like I had mentioned before like all vegetables all fruits like you shouldn't fear them like they should be fair game like in any any meal you make totally yeah and I think especially with meats like quality does for sure matter and you know getting a fattier grass-fed piece of meat is a really great option it's actually like so beneficial for like building your body or you know just different things where you can incorporate such a diversity and that's Mm -hmm. what I really like about you is even on your Instagram like you give so many great recipes that are like so diverse and I know for myself I really struggle with not being so stuck to my ways and being like these are my three meals I'm probably (laughs) gonna just stick to these for like two months and then I'll switch them when I like absolutely hate them but they're just easy and they taste really good Mm -hmm. and I'm comfortable you know but as I'm learning more I'm like oh my gosh I am getting my vitamins my minerals from foods and so diversity is huge not just to get those vitamins and minerals but also to just really like benefit my gut microbiome and different things like that and so how do you I don't know just incorporate a diversity and like challenge yourself to try new things I think that's so hard Mm -hmm. oh it's hard like I'm a I'm a creature of habit too like for breakfast I would strictly have overnight oats for like yeah honestly like about two years span (laughs) and just recently I've been like okay Bailey let's do two eggs you know like let's get some more protein in the right away in the morning because that's a goal of mine this year is to get more protein love it like let's do two eggs and some toast and I'm like this is out of my comfort zone so I totally get it I think when you go grocery shopping though you should every time find like one product you've never used before that's good so you go it's like like I had said before Brussels sprouts one day I was like heck why not let's just try it like I had them once and they were okay right and now it's like a staple in our saute like our vegetable mixes that we do I know that's really good I I remember just trying to challenge myself to once a week adding one new food in Mm -hmm. And that seemed like a lot because I'm like, gosh, where am I going to put this in my really rigid routine? But then I'm like, okay, if I'm going to practice what I preach, I need to start changing and I need to start bringing in these diverse foods and allowing my body to really benefit from like Mm -hmm. this wide variety. And so I really love that you just like even mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Um, But even now though too, you're probably like, have this whole new list of meals that you make regular like yes. pretty consistently totally. even though it took you you know getting a new item of food one time for the whole week right you know like now like you've built upon that and True. you probably have a ton of meals that you make that you would have never even thought to make like a year ago no you're actually so right and I'm glad you said that because that's a really good point and I remember okay uh I'm just like airing all my dirty laundry, but I used, I'm like such a cheapo that I used to literally only buy one spice because I was like, oh, I can't bear to buy six different spices and pay $30 because at the time I was just going to Walmart and trying to get a good spice. You know, I didn't know that natural grocers had five ounce bags of organic spices for two bucks. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was a game changer. Alas. 
But I started incorporating more spices and talk about little medicinal powerhouses. Yeah. I mean, holy moly, spices, one, they elevate the meal so much and they make it so much more enjoyable. I can't imagine life without them now. And two, it's like getting a little supplement mm-hmm. in this powder form. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of spices too that have anti-inflammatory properties in them yes. that are, instead of buying, you know, expensive supplements, they charge a lot for that. But mm-hmm. maybe in your food, you just add more flavor, like little cubes of ginger. I, I discovered those about a year ago and it's like, oh my gosh, my saute is completely different because I put ginger in it. Like smart. Who would have thought, you know, right. or like cinnamon, black pepper, turmeric, cumin, like those are all really anti-inflammatory. So yeah. they're doing your body so much good and they're not really costing you that much. So true. Yeah. And that's even the same for herbs. Like cilantro helps detox heavy metals. Um, gosh, parsley is really great for your kidneys. Like talk about maybe some things that you throw in that you're like, obviously I love the taste, but medicinally I know that this is so nourishing for me where it's kind of like a ginger cube or mm-hmm. a lemon in your water in the morning mm-hmm. or like what are some fun things that you do? that you really like. Yeah, definitely the lemon in my water. I do that, like I have a big thing of water and I just, yeah, throw two slices of lemon in there. The ginger. I love the spice idea. And like you said, like I just add that to everything. Oh, garlic too. Like that's a, I would think like that wouldn't be anti-inflammatory because it's kind of like a tangy, but I put that in saute mixes. I put that in my taco seasoning. Like anything you can put in it to just add like a boost of flavor. Yeah. But then like same with like, taco meat for example if you want to add nutrients just in general so we do like half the amount of beef but then we put black beans into our tacos and then I'll cut up some like bell peppers and put them in there and then mushrooms and like you mix it all together you're using less protein so it's probably going to cost you less to make this meal if money's a factor like you're getting a good source of vegetables in there and you can't really taste them yes so like there's so good yeah there's ways to do that too just like nutrition wise where you can add vegetables to foods like if you have kids that are picky or a husband that's picky like Nate my husband was picky for a long time when we started together and now he's like I don't even taste this food doesn't taste healthy to me it just tastes good Mm. and I'm like that was like the biggest flip where I was like I am so proud right now because yes we don't eat healthy food like people think we eat like rabbits or something it's like (laughs) no like we eat like normal people yeah like we eat like normal people and he's like I just don't know why not everybody would eat this way because It doesn't taste healthy. It tastes good. It tastes yeah. like food. And it makes you feel mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. But I'm so glad you hit on him saying that because I think a lot of people probably experience this reality of, oh man, I really want to change how I eat. I want to choose better options for my body. But their family, their spouse, their best friends, whatever, are totally not mm-hmm. on that trajectory. And so what was it like for you with your family, with obviously your husband, or even friends, when you were making the shift? And like, how has that, I don't know, like, what has that process looked like? Yeah, I think at first, it was obviously like really difficult, just because like, when you go out to eat at a restaurant, I remember being like, I want this salad. And it wasn't necessarily because it was a salad, but I had a friend, she's like, well, I'm getting pasta. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, you can totally get pasta. I'm not judging you 
for eating what you're eating. Like if I want a salad, it's not because I'm trying to lose weight or because I want to look a certain way. It's because it's going to make me feel really good. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of some of those switches I made. But then like, and I got married, it was like, okay, like this is how we're eating. And he just has kind of adapted to it. Yeah. And like, if he wants, you know, pizza or whatever, like we just find different ways to make it so it tastes normal you know like that's something I'm still working with my family on too like growing up my mom structured our meals really well we always had a protein carb some sort of fruit or vegetable but I think the quality of food is where a lot of people lack it's like but the quality of what you're making your food with isn't there so you probably will still feel a little groggy not feel your best right so that's kind of the biggest Um, I think like jump is then when you focus on quality. So it's not just nutrients now. We're looking at the quality of our food. Um, But I get that a lot from clients too. It's like, I would love to eat healthy, but my husband just refuses to. Honestly, this might be brutal, but do it. And if he, you know, he can either make his own food or, you know, you can make meals together. Like, yeah he'll eventually probably kind of be like, oh, what what are you eating over there? Like, it looks mm-hmm. and smells really good. And you're like, yeah, it's healthy. He'd be like, no way. Right. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of blunt, but you do have to be honest with the people around you too. And like, I don't know, kind of ask for their support as you're navigating your own journey. That is a really great point. And I think that you do just have to mm-hmm. start. And, you know, if your spouse isn't on board, I remember Sam was like, you're whack. I don't care about the ingredients in my syrup. This is the best syrup I've ever had. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that syrup is horrible. Like, (laughs) you know, but I'm like, just, but enjoy it if you want to. And then I was just talking about the things I was learning about ingredients, about how food affects you. And he just started to like not eat different condiments he was eating or he would change certain things or he would say I noticed that I felt this way after I ate this he was like I didn't tell you this but I haven't eaten my sauces for a week and I noticed a complete difference in the inflammation in my body I think I'm gonna get different sauces Mm -hmm. and I was like yes and I'm like praise the lord it's a win yes but I think it's so important to remember to like be humble Mm -hmm. and to just talk about the things that you're learning and not make anybody feel like they have to change Mm -hmm. because you're changing Mm -hmm. or like they should feel bad like just start doing it and people will start realizing there's something different she Mm -hmm. feels good she looks good something's different about her life that I'm lacking and I want to learn about it Mm -hmm. instead of you're doing this, this, and this wrong, and this is bad, and this is bad, and trying to put those boxes on people, like, mm-hmm. just let people grow and see that it's working for you, and, like, make the decision in themselves to mm-hmm. be like, actually, I want different. Yeah, you no, know, I love that. That's a big thing I hone in on is graceful guidance. Love that like, we word. Are, <laughs> we're not here to tell people, like, Ew, why are you eating that? That's so inflammatory. Like, I would never tell that to anybody around me. At the same time, if they're going to ask for my support, it's never like, well, you're doing this, this, this wrong, like you had said. It's like, well, I do it this way, and I really have found that I like that. Would you like me to tell you more about it? Love that. We are not here to just, like, make people feel guilty or ashamed of what they're eating or feel like they have to hide their you know, food that's processed. Like, I'm not going to judge. I'm just here to offer support and guidance if you want it. That is so good, Bailey. I think I'm just going to freaking tattoo that across my face. (laughs) That is when it actually invites people into something instead of making them feel like awkward outsiders. Mm -hmm. And I get that all the time. People are like, don't judge me, I but I ate this today. Or I'm sorry, I have a Hershey's syrup in my 
cabinet and I'm yeah. like do what you got to do mm-hmm. like if you if you want to learn a, a different way or if you're curious like I'll totally tell you yeah but I'm not ever gonna sit here and judge you yeah for what you're eating or what way you choose to live and eat like yeah. go for it I know? know food in our house I guess has always been a way to show like that somebody loves you so like if oh. they make you a certain type of food it's like then eat the food like you go to somebody's house mm-hmm. and maybe they have something that like I would have made that a little differently. Like, it's going to show them you love and appreciate what they did for you by eating the food. So, like, making sure the people around you don't feel, yeah, like you said, judged or, like, they can't even make food for you because you won't eat it. Like, I think just never let yourself get to that point where it's, Mm -hmm. like, you refuse to eat something because it's not made in a certain way. That's so challenging for me Mm -hmm. as I'm listening because that's really hard. And if I'm super honest... I know, like, Sam's family probably struggles with that with me sometimes. Like, they've seen me through all my seasons of disordered eating and ways that I would handle food and all of those things. So I've really taught them how to treat that setting, Mm -hmm. and it's not out of, like, a healthy mindset. And so I'm really glad that you said that because I know I can work on that now, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think just remembering, like, we're all trying to become more balanced and it's a, it's a game sometimes. Like sometimes you feel really balanced and you're free and you're like, yeah, I don't mind if I eat this, even though it's not something I typically would. Mm-hmm. Or And then some days you're like, you're feeling more rigid or you're scared or fear creeps in, you mm-hmm. know? And so that balance can be really, really hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I struggle with it too. It's just something I'm trying to be definitely more aware of, like is yeah. how my actions speak to other people too. That's good. Something is always going to be a challenge in one way or another, how you view food, but you can heal from it Yes. and use that experience to motivate you and push you to live a different lifestyle. But my goal is just to never fall back into those patterns I was at before. That is really but. good. Can you kind of just wrap it up with what you would say in terms of the mindset and be so crippling at times or it can really dictate how you eat for the better for the worse it could be disordered not you know like mm-hmm. how what can you encourage people with in terms of like how their mind really does affect their choices and just how they interact with food and enjoy it mm-hmm. I think it's just not letting yourself get to the point where it like controls or becomes your identity too like I'm a health coach and I care about eating healthy, nutritious foods, but I'm also a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a believer. I, you know, love, I'm trying to garden. I've got Mm -hmm. a new house. Like you have to find ways outside of just like food in itself to have so much control over your mindset, but also realize like you're absorbing everything else around you. If it's music, if it's what you watch on TV, like that's all part of your environment and it's playing a role in like the big picture. Right. Food is really hard for you and like how you view food is that mindset piece is hard like think about things outside of food that you can or things I guess that you could do with food to make it more enjoyable so like make a meal and bring it to your grandparents and go and sit with them and just like enjoy the conversation and focus less on the meal that's good really that whole process of having a meal it should be much more than just having a meal Mm -hmm. like you think about what it was hundreds of years ago and they prioritized the table Mm -hmm. and what that looked like and having good quality people around the table and sometimes we don't you know and we can't control that but I think can control how your perspective is on a certain setting and on food and different things and Mm -hmm. it's like how can you make it for the better? Maybe, you know, you're anxious because you're about to eat something that you maybe typically wouldn't. And it's thinking, okay, 
I know that I wouldn't typically eat this, but I'm going to enjoy this. Food is going to nourish my body mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful. If you do struggle with food, like before you eat your meal, pray over it. Like, yes. okay, I'm feeling really anxious about eating this food. Please give me the tools that it takes to support my body after I'm done eating this and to honor this, you know, mm -hmm honor my body with this food and not view it as something that stresses me out. Yes. Well, and even like you were saying earlier, you could have the perfect meal, quote unquote, right. in your eyes. Everything about it could be what you think is most quality and you could go into it stressed yeah. and your body would not absorb it the no. same. It would literally be like absorbing a Kentucky Fried Chicken yep. bowl because you're stressed. Yeah. And I think that was actually really helpful for me because I remember being like, wow, even if it's the best meal that I could make, but I'm stressed out about it or I'm not grateful or mm -hmm. in a bad headspace, it's a waste, you know? That just brings like so much humanity mm -hmm. back into the table, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, it does. And two, like reflecting afterwards so like journaling oh, yeah. is a big piece and I journal in the mornings I don't journal after every meal but like if you have things weighing on your heart after you eat a meal like get it out write it out and like just it's also a way for you to track your progress too like okay I ate this and I felt really uncomfy with it and this is how I was feeling and I was stressed and overwhelmed and didn't actually enjoy who I was with or the food and then if you do that every time after you're done eating well, you'll eventually get to a point where you're like, I'm so grateful. Like there's mm -hmm. no guilt. There's no anxiety. There's no stress about what I just ate because it was good and it's doing my body good and I enjoyed who I was with. You are so great. I am so glad that I got to have you on the podcast. Will you please share just ways that people can connect with you and reach mm -hmm. out to you and become a part of a program that you got going on? I'm Bailey Seaton on Instagram. Bailey has two Ys. Seaton has two Ns. Um, I also have a website, findyourdivinepurpose.com, where you can connect with me, see all the programs that I'm offering right now, and... Yeah, just get in touch.